carried by grace Don't ask me how, cause I can't explain It's nothing short of a miracle I'm here I've got some blessings that I don't deserve I've got some scars, but that's how you learn It's nothing short of a miracle I'm here I think it over and it doesn't matter I know it come from above I've got miracles on miracles A million little
my mother would say, I got food on my table. Lord, I know that you're able. Say, I can't even. I can't even. I can't even count. I can't even. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, one and all. Wow, what a great way to start Monday morning. Miracles on miracles. I can't even count them all. I can't even count them all. I'm breathing. That's one. I can see. That's two. I can hear. Well, that's three. I can taste. That's four. I can touch. That's five. I'm talking with people from all over the world right now on a digital platform. That's six. My children and my wife all experience the same thing when waking up. That's six other people times six, that's 36. So to add that to my six, that's 42. There's 42 miracles in my life that just happened today on Miracle Monday. Thank you, Annette, for that. That's 42 miracles that have already happened by 9.07 a.m. Today, Miracle Monday. I wonder how many more miracles are going to happen the rest of the day. I wonder how many children are going to be born in America the rest of the day. I wonder how many people are not going to die when yet there's risks all around their lives that could kill them. Traffic and everything else. Flying on planes, being on trains, running across roads, working on out in the sun. They make it home. Guess what? It's another miracle. Miracles on miracles. I can't even count them all. Miracles on miracles. Can't count them all. 9.07 a.m. on the East Coast, and we already have, I already have 42 of them, and that's just the ones I've already just mentioned. I'm sure there's another 50 that happened already this morning. I can't count them all. A real miracle would be if we had a movie night when we were told, I pray everything is okay with your family, Jeremy. Well, that's kind of like an insult and a, and a, and a, and a, uh, a care all in the same Sentence. So I don't know how to take that. Would it be a miracle if you had the Sunday movie every single Sunday when we're supposed to? I wouldn't say that would be a miracle. It would be nice in a perfect world and we're getting there. But because we have no producers to work on Sunday and no other people, and if something happens to me on a Sunday, which prevents me from being in the studio, then we're not going to have a movie. So I don't know if it would be a miracle if we had it. But it would be nice. It would be nice. And maybe someday I can get there and maybe someday I can make you happy and proud. Before and after Jesus. Before and after Jesus. What happened 
before Jesus on this earth and what happened after Jesus left this earth. Well, at least his physical form. What happened in your life before Jesus and what happened after your life with Jesus? I would imagine it's very, 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 a very big transformation. Okay, in this world of trans, trans this and trans that, I'd say the biggest transformation is before and after Jesus. Oh, that's great. Congratulations, Kittenhead. She said, my chicken just laid their first two eggs. <laughs> Declaring your independence from our supply chain. Gotta love it. Jeremy, this show is a miracle. Well, yes, it is. Yes, it is. This Godcast is a miracle. No clue who said that, but people got, get a life outside of Jeremy. <laughs> Hey, no, I, I, I fully intended it to be, but because I don't have a way to like jump online and talk to everybody at the same time, uh, it's kind of hard to uh, tell everybody at the same time, hey, guess what? There's going to be a difference. You know, we're not going to have it this week. Please go watch a movie on your own. I know I do love having those watch parties. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. But I will ask for all those people out there, if I don't have it sometime, don't beat me up over it. There's obviously a very good reason. 28th birthday to Alyssa today. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Alyssa. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Alyssa. I hope it's a good one. Well, let's get into talking about before and after Jesus. Uh, That's what we're going to talk about today in the verse of the day today is going to come from Colossians 3.12, okay? Colossians 3.12, I believe, through 17. Happy birthday to Tanya, too. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Tanya. Happy birthday to you. And you guys can reach out to uh, LFA producer to get yourself a free T-shirt. Just let them know your size. And what color? An address. Yeah, size, color, and address. Size, color, and address. And remember, you get um, to pick a, uh, a T-shirt from the overstock list, not the new and the featured because we're low on those, right? But yeah, great news about the, uh, the chickens laying eggs. That's, um, that's incredible. Uh, we're going to go right to one-minute prayer for dads today, okay? One-minute prayer for dads, and we're going to read from Page 61, and I believe you guys all know this verse very well, and it's Joshua 24, 15. You know, I didn't know that. I don't, I didn't know that until today what the actual verse was, and this is like one of those verses like John's three sixteen. you know what I mean? You should just, we should know certain verses, and I believe Joshua 24, 15 is a verse that we should all know, not only by verse, but what it's said in that verse, because it's very simple, it's very quick, and it says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord now. I told you last week that my family's missed a lot of church lately, and a lot of that had to do with traveling and vacations that we had planned and whatnot. But I would say maybe 30 or 40% is us just waking up and going, oh, there's so much to do today. You know, uh, 
and it's not an excuse, but I'm just saying, you know, like if you if it rained all Friday and Saturday and Sunday's the only day you can get X, Y, and Z done, you know, we've taken off that time too. But I will tell you this. You do set a bar for your children and yourselves when you make church consistently. And when you go away from it, you do feel like you're, I don't say you want to, I don't say you're, you know, without God, but you definitely feel a little, you know, apart from God, right? And we saw that video last week that I showed you of that mom who said, hey, if my kids play soccer or sports and their sports fall on a Sunday, you can bet I'm on the phone calling the head coach saying, hey, sorry, they're not going to make it because in my house, we go to church. And it was non-negotiable, she said. And my child's life with Jesus was not cultivated on a soccer field. It was cultivated in church. So when we read Joshua 24, 15, and we say, as for me and my house, we serve the Lord, I would imagine that regular or consistent fellowship in real life is definitely needed and you will benefit from it. Now, I'm not saying every Sunday or every Saturday, whatever it is that you go to church. I'm not saying you have to, you have to go or else God's going to be like, how dare you? I'm saying it's for your own good. Fellowship is really for your own good and your own growth in Christ. You will grow further in your fellowship with Jesus if you're having regular fellowship. Now, this is regular fellowship that we're having here, but it's not the same as physical fellowship. So just keep that in mind, okay? Joshua was was determined that his family would not serve false gods. Today we have that same option as the true God is challenged by gods that are not gods. Christian dads decide firmly that their house will serve the Lord and only him. Love you too, InfoWars Storm. And only him. This is page 61 from One Minute Prayers for Dads. Lord, our family will worship only you. We will serve only you. I pray you will let our decision result in our being a light in a dark world. I pray for my neighbors, my relatives, and my friends who don't know you. I do that all the time. May our family serve as your ambassadors to a hurting world. May our family serve as ambassadors to a hurting world. Ambassadors to what? Well, God, heaven, his way of life. That's who you're an ambassador for. To a hurting world. And boy, are we. Keep our determination to serve you fresh in our minds. And may each day be a renewed pledge of our household to serve you. Now, before we get into other books, I want to go to the verse of the day today, but I want to go to the verses before 3.12, Colossians 3.12. I want to show you the before and the after, what you have and what you become, what you, what you, what you were used to and what you've changed to embrace before and after Jesus. We're gonna start getting pretty. Uh, we're gonna start getting pretty heavy here. So, bear with me. I want to read from Colossians three five, and then I'll go right from three five right into K 
character of a new man. But we have to make sure we do a morning prayer before we get into the word of God. So we are about 17 minutes past the hour. If you can remove your hats, let's do our morning prayer in Jesus' name, because that's the only way we can come to Christ. And let's do that now. Father God, in Jesus' name, we pray. And we come to you today on this Miracle Monday to thank you for the miracles upon miracles. So many miracles that we can't even count them. But we also pray that you can help us focus our sight, our thoughts, and our attention on the miracles that are happening all around us. Father God, we feel that so many people don't even think miracles are real, let alone look for them. Why would you look for something that you don't think is real? So, Lord, we ask that you open up our sight and our mind and our attention to the many, 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 many countless miracles that are happening in our lives every single day that we take for granted because they are miracles. The fact that we are this planet in this thing we call space, sitting here living, coming to work every day, doing this, that's a miracle in itself. Miracles on miracles, and we thank you for those miracles, Jesus. but also help us be a light to show those miracles to people who don't think they exist. They're far more prone to believe us than you, at least at first. So God, we thank you for sending your son to take sin upon himself, to become sin, so that once again you and I could have a relationship. So once again, father and son, father and daughter could walk hand in hand. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now let's get into Colossians. Colossians 3, 5 is where we're going to start. Again, Colossians 3, verse 5. We're going to read all the way to verse 17. So I think it's important to see before and after, okay? And you can read along with me. I'll be reading out of the New King James Version. Let me take a slurp of my Rise Up coffee. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, how many of you have, I mean, maybe you haven't switched completely, but how many at least half the time drink Rise Up coffee? And if, what, and if you do, let me know what kind. Is it the dark roast Sumatra gold or is it the light medium roast American pecan? Here we go. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth. F-U-X-O-D, Fuxod. Thank you for all for welcoming. First time in the live chats today. I'm so glad that I got to see that. Thank you for being here. Therefore, put to death your members which are here on earth. What does that mean? Your family? Your friends? No, 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 no. Ready for this? Fornication. Uncleanliness. Passion. Evil. Desire. And covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience in which you yourselves walked when you lived in them. 
So I want to break down those. This is before Christ. Okay, this is this is Colossians here, putting an, a spotlight on before Christ and what you should shed. Fornication. How many of you did that before Christ? I did. Don't do it anymore, clearly. Uncleanliness. Now, are we talking uncleanliness of the body? Uncleanliness of the soul? The spirit? And my answer would be, since it does not differentiate between what kind of uncleanliness it's talking about, then we must assume that uncleanliness means all uncleanliness, body and soul. Blasphemy. I mean, uh, un, uh, passion. Boy, did I have a passion for a lot of things, but what was I putting my passion towards? Selfishness, pride, attention, money, women. I, was, I didn't have a passion for Christ. How about evil desires? Well, I think that's, uh, I just named all of those. I did all these before Christ. Think about this. And covetousness, which is idolatry. Did that too. Jealous of what other people had, wanted more than they could. So everything that that just, that I just mentioned, I lived. But now I want to take it another step. But now you yourselves are to put off all of these as well. Now, you just, we just heard me mention fornication, uncleanliness, passion, evil, desire, and covetousness. How about these? Anger. I'm still guilty of that. That's something I still need to work on. I don't have as much anger as I used to have, but it's something I still have. How about wrath? I don't really have wrath anymore. Malice. I don't really have malice anymore. Blasphemy. I don't really do, I don't have any kind of blasphemy, although I did let something slip last week for the first time in two years, and I didn't even know it came out. It just came out, and I felt terrible for two days. So I am completely free of the desire of blasphemy, but like I said, I just said GD the other day for the first time in two years, and it's not even in my vocabulary, so I don't know where the heck it came from. Filthy language. Still guilty of that. So I'm guilty of anger and filthy language still. But it says now you have to put yourself out of all these. Get rid of them all. Do not lie to one another. Don't do that. Since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian or Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is in all and is all. You choose which life you want, the one with Christ that is in all and is all, or without Christ. Because without Christ, you are going to assume fornication, uncleanliness, Passion, evil desire, covetousness. You're going to embrace anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth and lying. All of those things you will embrace if you live a life without Christ. That I can promise you. Some of my friends who live without Christ embrace these things daily. 
but they would call themselves good people. My response to them is, there are none good, but not God. You're not good. And then my friends would say, well, you're not good either. And I say, yeah, I know. I know I'm not. That's why I need Jesus. Boy, people without Jesus are so selfish, aren't they? In the way they think. Think about it. Think about the way that people, think about the people that don't have Jesus in their life, but pay their taxes. They're very kind to you. They show love. They show joy. They, 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 their kids go to school. They do well in school. You go, well, how, come, how can you call that person not a good person? Because <laughs> I know that, that they're susceptible to doing all those things that I just said. That's how I know. And you want to know what? So am I even with Jesus? The difference is Jesus covers my multitude of sins. As long as I am doing everything I can to be better and better and better and walking in his will. Nobody covers the multitude of sins that happens in a non-believer's life. You're just absolutely SOL. Shift out of luck. Nancy says, I have to stop talking bad about my family because they are so woke, but it's so hard. I love the fact that people are convicted on this show right along with me and they go, this is what I need to do. I'm working on the fruits of the spirit, says Jax 132. I've noticed more and more you are connecting outside of the rumble chat too in real life. That's amazing. That is amazing. Now that's the before Jesus. Now you ready to read from the verse of the day today? That's really the after Jesus. Here we go. Therefore, as the elect of God, which is basically the ambassador of God, a child of God, somebody who believes in God, somebody that wants to please God, you are the elect of God, right? Holy and beloved. Put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. But above all these things, put on love. The whole reason why uh, humans exist is love. Why are we here? Why did God make if his God is real? Love, that's the answer. It's so simple. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Because what is love? What is love? Love is the desire to please and keep somebody else safe. That's what love is. Love is the desire to please somebody else more than yourself in a godly manner and protect them. That's what love is. What does God do for us? Same thing. Love. And they also say it covers a multitude of sins, but let's move on. Verse 15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body. And be thankful. Be thankful. Verse of the day is Colossians 3, 15 through se- or 12 through 17. 
Rosa says, I can't forgive the person that crushed my son. I understand that, Rosa. I really do. And I know you and I talk offline a lot. Let me just tell you this, though. And this is just brother to sister in, in, in Christ advice. If you can't forgive that person, it's very unlikely that you'll see the maturity in Christ that your son is after and that you so want him to embrace. We've got to meet God halfway. If God's going to come to us, we've got to go to him. And it says right here, as Christ forgave you, you must also do. And I know that's so much easier said than done. If somebody killed my child or something, I can't even imagine how I would think. Uh, Fuxid says, forget if you can't forgive. Nah, you got you. There is no option. If you are a godly person, you must forgive. And if you're not seeing any movement in a situation, and maybe possibly forgiveness of somebody in that situation is going to advance you to move forward, you must do it. God says you must do it to come to him anyway. So there really is no option. Now, it might take time. I understand that. But God needs to know, Rosa and everybody else, that you're at least working towards forgiving. Because Terry Lynn just said it right. Forgiving is not for them. It's for you. And it is for your son, too. Now, I can't begin to, you know, imagine what you're going through, uh, Rosa, because I'm not going through that same exact thing with my kid. But I do know one thing is for certain. God needs us to forgive in order to move something forward, in order to advance the kingdom of heaven in your son's life, you must forgive, and so must he, unfortunately. I I shouldn't say unfortunately, because it's fortunate that we get to do that. Uh, But you know what I mean. I know it's hard. I do. I do. Trust me. There are so many people out there that I know that are in my life that have been molested or raped. How are they supposed to forgive the person who took their childhood from them? How are they supposed to do that? How is my wife supposed to give forgive the person who took their innocent took her innocence? And the answer is with Christ, that's how. <laughs> with Christ. Christ forgave when they were torturing him to death, laughing at him, mocking at him, spitting on him, kicking him, stabbing him, cutting him, killing him. And he said while he was still there during that day, in the same 24 hours as they started, he forgave them. In the same 24 hours. So how do you forgive? Well, Yeshua. Yeshua is how you forgive. I don't know another way to answer it. In God's hand says, my dad did that, and I forgave him. Amazing. Amazing. 
I forgave my father for not being a father when my daughter was born. When my daughter was born and my father started coming around for the first time really ever and started actually showing any interest in my life or any love whatsoever towards me, I forgave him instantly. And I wasn't even with Jesus then. And it made me and my father's relationship like this. Not only did I forgive him, I forgot everything he ever did. Doesn't matter anymore. Or everything he didn't do, I should say. Doesn't matter. So let me go back on and read some of this. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do, all of the, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You know sometimes what I do? God wants us to sing to him, right? Songs of praise about what he's done in our lives. So do you know that sometimes when I'm out working in the yard or I'm out just being with God or being by myself or if I'm out riding my, my, my Can-Am or something like that and I'm just by myself, I start singing songs to God and I just make them up right there and they don't even have to rhyme, like Psalms almost. I'll just sing, I'll just sing stuff like this. Thank you, God. For the life in which you've given me, thank you, God. For forgiving all my sins, thank you, God. For loving me when no one else would, thank you, God. For guiding me home. I just made that up. I never sang those words before. Just made that up. And why do I do that? Because God wants us to do that. It pleases him. When you start singing thankfulness to God, it doesn't matter what you're saying. It's almost like when he would have people sacrifice to him and the smell pleased him. It pleased him to smell those aromas. It's the same thing. You can all do it right now in the comforts of your own home. It doesn't have to rhyme. It doesn't have to make sense. So let's go back. Conservative said, Jeremy, I felt like I was singing the same words with you, even though I didn't know them. I didn't know them either. And that's how you know. You're just putting music to your conversation. That's exactly right. RJ Katz said, if I sang, he would beg me to stop. <laughs> no, I, I think that's funny. But actually, he would love you. He, he, he would be putting on a concert for him. Jack says, Yahweh told me I have songs of praise inside me. So I open my mouth and sing to him. He inhabits the praises of his people. Woo! Woo! That's huge. I'm just reading some of your comments. So when you see me kind of just said your song made me cry. Me too. 
WH says, why am I crying? <laughs> yeah, we all ask ourselves that same question every single day here at 9 a.m., don't we? Happens a lot. <laughs> why am I crying? Those are tears of joy. Those are tears of joy. Let's read. Uh, I want to kind of do a summary of what I just read to you from before and after. So before, you were in fornication, uncleanliness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, idolatry. You were in anger, wrath, malice. You were blaspheming. You had filthy language coming out of your mouth and you were a liar. That's before God. That's before Jesus. But some, somehow, just somehow, after Jesus, you all of a sudden start embracing different things. Like kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, forgiving with one another, loving one another, all the complete opposites, and you're going to tell me that Jesus Christ isn't real? then how does that happen? How is anybody going to get me or anybody else who's had that happen to them, how are you going to get me to believe that that might be a false feeling, that that didn't really happen, that that was all in your mind? Really? Do you know how many times I tried to save my own life? Do you know how many times? It's okay, Jelly, I love you. I love you, Jelly. I forgave you the moment you said it. How many times I tried to get myself better? How many times I tried to make myself a better person, a better husband, a better son? Do you know how many times, do you know how many years I spent killing myself on the inside because I hated everything that I was and I tried to change in every way that I possibly could and nothing worked? Counseling didn't work. Friendship didn't work. Relationships didn't work. Dialogue and discussion didn't work. Comprehension didn't work. Why is he screaming? No thanks. Sorry, Stones Daddy. Sorry. Sorry. I'm screaming because so many people every single day that I hear in my life try to convince the world that Jesus isn't real. How could a transformation like that happen with any of us if Jesus wasn't real? How could a transformation happen with millions of people around the world that could never, ever, ever, ever change their lives without anything else, doing anything else? How could that be, how could that be possible? And for the person who said, why is he screaming? No, thanks. I understand that you may not like that, that you may take that as anger. That's not anger. But what I will tell you is this, the reason why we are in this place, in this country and around the world is because pastors refuse to get loud. Preachers refuse to get loud. Uh, priests refuse to get loud. They're all cowards and fake and weak. And they sit there and they stay silent and nothing happens. Tell me I'm wrong. Now, I'm not saying 
I'm saying for the general average church out there, pastors have been quiet too darn long. And it's time for a change. And it's time for a change. And we are going to change it. And we are in the middle of changing it right now. So if I offended you by yelling, it's not what I meant to do. I wasn't yelling at you and I wasn't mad. I was saying it loud so that maybe, just maybe, I could grab some attention. I changed one passion for another. I changed a passion for selfishness for a passion of selflessness. I changed a passion to sin for a passion to spread the gospel. So I'm sorry if I get a little bit passionate once in a while, but you know what's not in me? It's not in me to sit up here and talk about this and go, and Colossians 3, 12 through 15 tells us that if we are loving and kind and merciful and thankful, that we'll be able to overcome the person that we once were. Everybody in the pew, raise your hands if this Raise your hand if this is something that is resonating with you. Stand up and let us know that the Spirit of God is along, among you. And let's have, you know, let's, let's have acceptance. Let's make sure that we're not putting anybody down for the rainbow flags. And, and uh, you know, let's be, let's be strong Christians out there. Let's stand up for the Word of God, okay, everybody? I mean, unless, unless it offends somebody, then just be very quiet. Sounds like Sven from Public Radio. I can't do that. And I think that that kind of gospel spreading has harmed us. I really do. I really do. So before Christ, all of those things that I mentioned, after Christ, all of those things. God moments for men. Real humility. Psalm 51.10 Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. What does steadfast mean? Do you think somebody timid or quiet could be steadfast? I don't think they could. I just, and, I'm not, and I know sometimes I take things a little too far. It doesn't have to be an either or. It could be a happy medium. I get it. But I'm just a guy of passion, and I got to scream it from the top of the roofs. That's all. David was, by most standards, quite the stud. <laughs> 1,500 watching, 322 rumbles. Let's get over 500 likes if you guys can do this. Joseph, I'd love to do an, uh, an um, uh, interview with Pastor Mark Burns. LFA producer at gmail.com. Since his youth, he was heralded as a hero for killing Goliath. As a young man, he married into royalty, which didn't hurt his wallet either. He was best friends with a prince. He was a skillful warrior, a commander, and a leader. Thank you, Rosa. Oh, thank you for the uh, donation. I love you. God bless. (laughs) He was a musician, a songwriter, and a poet. Boy, he was really the stud, wasn't he? He was quite a hit with the ladies. And if all that wasn't impressive enough, he also lived a life so spiritually passionate that God himself called him a man after God's very heart. 
It isn't often that a man with this caliber of resume would be such a genuine embodiment of humility. And yet David was. As amazing as his list list of accomplishments was, David knew he was far from perfect and desperately in need of God's mercy, forgiveness, and restoration. Instead of believing his own press and making excuses for his sins, he wept, he prayed, he fasted, and he covered himself with sackcloth and ashes in repentance for his wrongs. In other words, he humbled himself, which in God's eyes is the most impressive part of all. Humility. He had all that going for him and not once did he say he didn't need God. But guess what? He still went off the beaten path and sinned too, and very terrible sins. A sin that cost him his child's life because he went outside of God and decided he was going to do things on his own. And look what happened. Look what happened. I want to read for you what I wrote about the verse of the day today, if I can. And again, I titled Before and After Christ, right? I've already read you the verses. Now it's time to read you the actual, you know, my statement to the verse. Things are confusing before you become a Christian. Let's face it, they are. There are a lot of questions And everyone's answer seems to be different. The only truth that you can actually get is from Jesus. Now, people can point you in the right direction and give you answers that may be correct, but they're usually different from one another. Jesus and the Gospels are the only way to know the truth. Once you understand that, then you can rely on the Holy Spirit for any area that you may lack in. Then you give your life to Jesus. When it's new, it's great. It's new, like a new car. And there's so much vigor and curiosity and energy and questions. But then after a while, problems still come into your life the same way they did before you had Christ. And sometimes it can leave you even more confused. I know that happened with me anyway. Now, you may think that problems shouldn't come with Jesus. And most likely, they aren't the same problems as before, but may be related. The truth is, trials will always, always be here for you. In some cases, more because you're a Christian. The difference from before and after Christ being in your life is now you have the resources And the know-how to handle it far better so you can get back to doing what God put you here to do in the first place. You trade hate for love. You trade anxiety for patience. You trade pride for humility. And so on and so on. You never stop getting better. You never stop learning. And you never stop learning from your mistakes and your trials. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Romans 8, 28, right? Do you love him? Do you love him? 
Because if you love and honor God, then you must know that he's working for the good of all things who love him. It's coming. Shed the anchors from before and raise up the sails so that the wind that God blows can guide you and take you where he dwells to be with him, both in heaven and here on earth. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen. That's, that's the message for today. That is the message for today. Now, I've got a couple videos to show you, but before I show you a couple of these videos, let me first go and talk about our sponsor of Rise Up, which is Trumpet Daily, guys. I want to really know, if you, if you can, how many of you have actually signed up for Trumpet Daily? And if you haven't signed up for Trumpet Daily yet, I'm asking you to do so. They would love more traffic their way than they've been getting. And we'd love to keep them as a sponsor here because we pass on that money to the Christian school so they can have years and years and years and years of spreading the gospel to children. And all you have to do is go to trumpetdaily.com or thetrumpet.com. Both will take you there. And you can go sign up for their free email, subscribe to their list, and even get free publications in the mail. And you can watch them here at 10 a.m. on Saturday mornings. Trumpet Daily, tomorrow's news today from a godly point of view. Now, got a couple videos to show you. Now, this man I've showed you before, and he's going to be coming on the show. But what I love about this man and the way he does things pretty much more than anybody else, ladies and gentlemen, is the fact that he does it without any fear. He goes there and he knows what needs to be done and he just does his job and then he leaves. As a Christian, pop it up side by side. Let's roll it. We are in a witchcraft hut right now where they sell witchcraft and I want you to see something very carefully. They have Mary here. Now why would they have Mary inside of a witchcraft place where they sell witchcraft and voodoo? It is because Mary is a false god. It is idolatry. This is the same place. We will be leaving but the souls matter. The souls matter. Place where they sell tarot cards, all types of witchcraft, voodoo, and all of this stuff. And yet at the same time, they have pictures of Mary. Don't you understand what Catholicism really is? Wake up. Get out of Catholicism. It's idolatry. After we got done speaking in the witchery, the owner of that witch hut place, he said that he owned the Catholic Church just right down the street. This ginormous Catholic Church was owned by a man who owns a store that sells witchcraft stuff. Does that not speak to you about what Catholicism truly is about? Now, here's what I'll say. I've had my own battles here with my view on Catholicism. And we've had our back and forth, haven't we? But here's something I never said, and I'd like to say today. Catholicism was never meant to be this. Popes and man changed what Peter wanted for the church. We all know it. We all know that the Catholic Church in the Vatican is nothing but full of a bunch of evil, evil vipers today, in today's world. And I want what's best for them. I want what's best for all people of God. 
And what's best is getting out of the denominational names of churches, whether it's Catholic, Baptist, Methodist, anything, and getting back towards the word of Christ, period. And I love that guy. And I'd lo- I can't wait to have him on the show. Now, here's another video I wanted to show you. Now, this is, you know, these are just interesting videos that I find that I want to share with you. Okay? So let's go to this one. All right, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to, um, some people have a hard time of reading this because it's so small. So let me do this. Let me bring this back up. Because God's children are human beings, made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil, who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. Hebrews 2 verses 14 to 15. Children naturally pick up on the inaccuracies of everyday life. They are able to recognize their parents' contradictions, but they are also able to recognize in themselves the discrepancy that is a result of their fallenness. As we get older, it's important to highlight the enormous flaws that come to light in order to emphasize how superior the cross is. The challenge for us is to acknowledge that the cross of Christ cleanses us from all inconsistencies rather than trying to ignore these errors. The enormity of the crucifixion sends the message that Christ's love extends as far as the East is from the West, despite the sinfulness of our hearts. Because God's children are human beings. First of all, God's children are no longer for sale. Amen? Amen? We got a lot to talk about that movie. That movie keeps making waves, right? But here's the other thing, ladies and gentlemen. Here's what I want you to ask your atheists and agnostic friends. You ready for this? I want you to ask them seriously. If God were real, if Jesus was real, if the stories in the Bible were 100% real, and if you had all the proof that you want and need that Jesus Christ is real, and he's the son of God, would you then accept him as your Lord and Savior? And do you want to know something crazy? It's about 50-50. When I've done this, it's about 50-50. saying, no, I wouldn't, and 50% saying, yes, I would. That's scary. That means that 50% of the world, even in a fictional world in their minds, that we're right and they're wrong, they said they still wouldn't. What does that tell you? That tells you that they enjoy their flesh and their sinning and their pride and their idolatry and whatever it is more than they would want eternal life free of disease, free of anxiety, stress, and strife in heaven with God. Does that not scare? Isn't that not a scary thing? 
And I'd like you to do that. That's your homework. Your homework is to ask the people in your life in a hypothetical question, for them anyway, it's hypothetical to them, and say, if this was all real, if everything that I said is real and everything you said is not real and you found out for sure, would you then pick up your cross and follow Christ? I'd like to see. I'd like to see what your people say. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for Rise Up today. Now, you know I'm going to take you out the same way I always bring you in, and that's with the same music that we had when we came in. But I do got to tell you, thank you for being here. I love each and every one of you more than you could possibly know. I have a lot of growing I need to do in myself and in my family as well. I make a lot of mistakes, and I don't pretend to be better than any of you. But I enjoy the growth period with you. I enjoy you allowing me to show you my problems in my life, and I enjoy when you get convicted right on this show just as much as I do. Because we know that we are going to experience every day that we're here, miracles upon miracles, and they all come from one place and one place only. LFA TV continues with Sean Farish and Ungoverned coming up next, followed then by Live from America with yours truly. I hope you guys can stick around for all shows today, but if not, I hope you can go give everybody a rumble so we can take over the leaderboard and be in the top 10 with every show. My shows are in the top 10, so imagine if every one of you who liked my shows liked everybody else's show. God bless you guys. Thank you for being here. I love you. And I'll see you at 11. Enjoy the rest of the song and enjoy Ungoverned with Sean Farish. See you later. Every day there's a miracle. One, two, three, four, I can't even count them all.